Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is your main man hour for 22 to 35 minutes, Crazy Crockett, a.k.a. Andre's Podcast. You can find me on Spotify. You can also find me on Apple Podcasts. So I'm going to change things up a little bit, folks. I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to talk about music. I'm going to talk about my favorite band. All right, favorite heavy metal band. And it's Guns N' Roses, folks. Everyone knows the introduction to to Welcome to the Jungle and Sweet Child Mine and Paradise City. We all love those we all love those songs. But at the time when I was like ten years old, you know, I I stood, my parents tried to push me to listen to Elvis and James Brown and all this good R and B rhythms and blues of the nineteen fifties. Uh, some of the 1960s, they wanted me to listen to CCR. Um, anything like anything in the 70s music, I liked Leonard Skinner for some reason. But uh, Led Zeppelin in the late 60s and the 70s, another great band out there. Uh, Metallica, another band that <clears throat> made it big in the 80s and then made it huge in the 90s. That's when they kind of sold out. And most people would tell you that they love and respect Metallica a lot more than that they love and respect Guns N' Roses. But for me, I'm I'm the other way around. As much respect that I have for James Hetfield and Lars and, and, and the other members of the band for Metallica, that's a different subject, different storyline. You know, I was just not into their first two albums. It was just too too dark metal i guess i mean they had good storylines one i mean it the first two albums as i got older i liked it but i didn't love it i didn't love it the way i love guns and roses and opportunity destruction and lies and you illusion one and you illusion two but let's go back to to the first album of guns and roses and i would i just I think people really need to look at this album again. I mean, you got this guy named Axl Rose. He's just got a very strong voice. It can go very high and very low. Some people tell me that his his vocal cords are, at the time was one in a million, which is a song on the second album. I'll get to that later. But just the fact that you have a band with you know, Axl Rose slash Duff, Izzy, and Popcorn Adler. And you get these guys from from California that have come from different parts of the country and the world. You have, you know, Izzy and and uh Axel showing up in from you know from Indiana at different times. They didn't go together. Well they didn't show up to California at the same time. Izzy got out there first. Then Duff came from Seattle, and then you have Slash that came. He's got mixed racial uh, nationality. He's he's part British and part, I think, American. And then, of course, you have Popcorn Antler, which I think is a native to California. And the most and what most people don't realize is that Popcorn Antler had a a cocaine stroke, and Basically, I guess his cocaine habits just got too messed up. It just, it was just out of control. 
But, but if you look at every song from Welcome to the Jungle to the Jungle, it's so easy. Night Train, Out to Get Me, Mr. Brownstone, Paradise City, My Michelle. I love My Michelle. My Michelle is just like a, a good storyline of wealthy, uppity kids whose parents are in film or movies or music or whatever, or production or whatever. And then this little pretty girl who thinks she's going to get whatever she wants and then turns out to that, that she becomes a junkie. And then she probably became a stripper or some girl that worked that worked down the street as a prostitute. But then you got Think About It. it that's another great song. And then you got Sweet Child of Mine, which is obviously everyone's favorite, non-favorite anymore because they play that song way too much. Then you got You're Crazy, which is Axel's way of saying a lot of stuff that that you can't really say out loud. Uh, Anything Goes and Rocket Queen. I think I think of all the songs that I like the most, not counting Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise City, uh, I think I would have to go with Mr. Brownstone and and Rocket Queen. And I, I already said stuff about my Michelle, but Mr. Brownstone about being a heroin addict and then you do a little bit and a little bit more and get more and more and it's just a great song and and then and then you got the last song on the album is rocket queen rocket queen's about a lady a girl they they may have known that that is like a prostitute or a stripper or you know it, it, and it's really kind of a sad sympathetic song towards her i feel like it's a song that he Axel or Izzy or whoever wrote that song has some heart to it. Some, um, it's not like patience on the second album, but it's something that's like you feel bad for people that make bad decisions. And that song kind of indicates that type of decision that she makes. And you're almost willing to use her, but you almost feel bad about doing it. And then, it just turns into a kind of weird love song. And it's not a typical love song. It's not like any Elton John song. It's not any other like Elvis Presley song. It's not a Julio Iglesias love song in Spanish. But it, to me, Rocket Queen is like a love song. It, you just feel bad for the girl that you like who happens to be a stripper or a prostitute. But there's really nothing that you can do about it to change your life. So that song is itself... I kind of like it in that respect of it. Uh, I don't, I think, I think we got to talk about uh, Axl Rose, the front man. Now, Axl Rose is from Indiana. Uh, his life story is kind of messed up. He's, I think he was adopted and then, you know, things didn't go so well. And then I think he found his birth father and then changed his name back to his birth father's name. But, a lot of crazy shit happened to him coming from Indiana to to California. You know, back in the early 80s, mid-80s, you could still use your thumb and pick up a ride and go to the West Coast or go to the East Coast. It's not like the 70s where everyone's friends with everyone's friends and you just pick up hitchhikers left and right. 
It's nothing like that. Uh, in today's era, we don't even, I mean, people wouldn't even think about hitchhiking anymore because we have a bunch of weirdos, sexual predators, and just, you know, people getting kidnapped at Targets, I guess, at Walmarts. But, uh, but him hitchhiking from the West Coast to the East Coast, I mean, like, what, East Coast to the West Coast, it's a storyline in itself that, you know, I think that one of the things about Guns N' Roses is that the whole album of Aptitude to Destruction is based on a true story or based on some elements of true to it. Where a lot of songs from Aerosmith and a lot of songs from any artist like Elvis or any artist like uh, Julio they're not based on true songs. It's just a guy that's that writes a good song and then gives the song to someone to sing it, like Elvis or Julio or Whitney Houston. It's just not real. And I think this whole album, this whole album of 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 Appetite for Destruction, is a really good illustration of what life for rock stars used to be like. People today, when they think about being a rock star, they think about being a, a professional DJ. It started back in the 80s and 90s where you have DJs at weddings and ceremonies and graduations that put songs together and mix it up together and make it so that songs go together for that, for that special occasion. And then DJing, techno DJing and all that stuff, you put you mix songs together and then you had crazy beats that connected to each other and then became a really nightclub dance like a hyper dance club uh, and it just took off but to me those guys who are professional DJs you know they might struggle they might concern themselves like on the road, but they're not originally making their own material unless you start from a point of of from Fruit Loop Studio, you make your own beats or Garage Bands and you make your own beats. But the Appetite to Destruction is one of those albums that all those guys really live that lifestyle. I mean, they all lived with 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 strippers, I guess. I think mean, they they lived with them. They they like they hung out with them. So that whole storyline about what L.A. was like or what New York was like, I mean, it was a. I mean, it was like it was hell. But I'll tell you this: those guys will have a lot more stories to tell when they're in retirement homes. They, you know, Axel from Izzy to to Duff, to Popcorn Antler, to San, to to Slash, they they have nothing to regret. They, there's no reason to to regret anything, and that's something that a lot of these bands out today, you know, people don't go on the road. People just don't, you know. People, I know a a a hip hop artist from 20 years ago. And they they have good studio stuff, and he just never left Grand Rapids. He just never left. He his band was a lot like the Roots, 
and I'm not going to say this band name or his stage name because I think he, in some ways, is trying to be a local celebrity. But I've always asked him, like, why don't you go to Ohio or to Chicago or somewhere where you can take out your your music and you write your songs and then you have a band behind you like the roots and then you are rapping and hip-hopping or or using lyrics and i guess he never did it i mean i just don't i just don't understand how people could waste that much time with their lives because i i'm disabled i can't use my left hand i can't play the guitar you know i can't play the piano and that's really that's really sucks. It just really sucks because I really love music, and I would just I would just sit around. I mean, I would sit around and listen to different albums by myself and play video games when I was like eight, twelve years old for hours, especially during the winter because I'm not a winter guy. So it didn't matter if it was Guns N' Roses or Aerosmith or Led Zeppelin or or Metallica, or anybody, or anything. I would just listen to it. I would just listen to music. And it's just, I just don't understand why people who are good at something or appear to be good at something don't actually pursue it. So one of the things I love about Guns N' Roses is that their songs are so not the same. You can go from a hardcore Welcome to the Jungle and then you can go to a a really great song, Sweet Child of Mine. Now the radio stations are overplaying that song. Completely overplaying that song. Um, You can't really play any of Mr. Brownstone. I think they could play Mr. Brownstone more on the radio. Um, I think they should have had Rocket Queen as a single. I think that's a great song. I think if you tuck out the the swear words to him, I think that'd be a great song. I think that's one of the best songs out there on that album. I keep going back to it. I really like Rocket Queen. It's just fun. It's just a good song about real life. So, and then let's go talk about Popcorn Antler and Izzy Strandler. Now, Popcorn Antler, I already talked about he uh, had a cocaine stroke. He uh, recovered. For some reason, he's not in the band with Guns N' Roses as they are now. I mean, you got Slash Duff and it, Slash Duff and Axel, and then you have I can't remember that guy's name. I don't think he's in that band anymore. But he took over a Popcorn Antler's job when Antler went out. So, but I think he's part of the Clash, the band, the Clash back in the, no, that can't be right. But, but I know that for some reason, they, I mean, with Popcorn Antler, he's touring around the States and he's got his own band and, you know, Guns N' Roses, I mean, Axel and Duff and Izzy, I mean, they must be really cool with him because they let him play the first album of Appetite for Destruction and they have another frontman doing it. And it's a kind of like a cover band. 
And I just feel bad for Antler. I just don't know why they just don't have Antler back in that band. I mean, I just think it's kind of pathetic that you have a guy, you have all your living uh, bandmates still alive, and then you still have this angry, grudge thing against one another. And then you have, you know, you just, I just don't get it. And then let's talk about the most important bandmate in that band. And some people think it's Axel, but I think it's Izzy, Izzy Strandler. I think Izzy Strandler, to me, is the one that wrote a lot of their good songs with Axel and maybe with Slash. But I think with Izzy, it's kind of like George Harrison of the Beatles is in the background. But if you notice that, since Appetite Destruction and Lies, now, You Illusion 1 and You Illusion 2 could be considered an okay double album. I mean, obviously they had November Rain, but then November Rain was was written during the Aptitude for Destruction album, but there's no room to put that song on there, which thankfully they didn't put that on their first album and they waited on the third album because that then gave them three or three or four good albums to go with. So they they weren't at one album wonder two album wonder and then that's all they have but i do think that the that the studio stuff that they're trying to do right now which i think they are isn't really going together because they don't have a true songwriter and i think that izzy is a true songwriter i think he i think he's the one that really wrote patience i think he's really the one that wrote uh, Sweet Child of Mine. I think, I think any type of song. I think Axel wrote Rocket Queen. I think he wrote My Michelle. And I think, I think I know that, like, um, Slash wrote, Slash wrote or did something with, um, what album, what song is that? Night Train. I think, I think, I think um, Slash did something with Night Train. I'm not sure. I could be totally wrong. But I do think that Izzy is the missing piece to that whole new album stuff. I think one of the things that Axel needs to do is two things. I think he needs to learn how to be bygones to be bygones and put the band back together. And you get four, you mean you, you, you're going to get five of the original guys together. They'll be more than happy to work with each other. And then you write songs and you feed them off each other. Unfortunately, with Guns N' Roses, a lot of their songs are about element of truth. So no one really wants to listen to Axl Rose complain about being wealthy or people calling him up when he's not on the tour, or stuff like that. And you must remember, like, Axel's attitude towards just being on time, getting on stage on time, uh, giving the fans an hour-and-a-half show is really unpredictable, especially in the early, late 80s and 90s. It was really... 
it was really not good for the band. And I think that's a lot of reason why people don't like Axl Rose is because he's, he was always late. But I do think, but I do think that, that I do think that Axel is by far one of the best lead frontmen of all time. I mean, I mean, I don't think Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi, can could even uh, hold a candlestick to Axl Rose. If you listen to Bon Jovi's voice, it's not good. But the whole Bon Jovi uh, platform was kind of like pop rock or pop metal and it worked for them and they had really dumb and good love songs that went on the radio kind of like uh bruce springsteen songs so but it was more hard rock and obviously bon jovi he made a, a way to make himself look like a glam rock kind of girly type of man and it worked in the 80s. It really did. Poison was a band that 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 made a lot of dumb songs. And I don't like Poison. I just can't stand them. Do I think that they had that one good song? Every Rose Has His Throne? Yeah. Great song. Best song that they ever had of, 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 of Poison. But I don't think Poison's, Poison's not good at all. I just don't like them. But... They too had that glam rock, uh, kind of that superficial, weird female look to them. And it's funny because I had a friend of mine, and his first name was Corey, and his last name is starts with an L. And I remember, and I remember when he bought that album, he was so excited. And he showed me the album, and this is what he said. He said, aren't these girls hot? I said to him, I said, literally said to him, and I was maybe a year younger than he was. And I said to him, like, these are not, not women. They're not females. They're boys. They're men. And then I kind of got in, I kind of understood that this is, well, Back then, I didn't know, but now to come to think about it, this is probably my, he was probably one of my, one of my only first friends that was a homosexual. So, I didn't care. I think, I think it was kind of strange that, you know, bands like Poison and bands like, um, uh, even Molly Crew was that had that weird fem female look to them. I didn't get them. I didn't get their style. I think they had a lot of really corny good songs. And I think I I really do think that's what makes Guns N' Roses a lot different than Motley Crue, Bon Jovi, Poison, Def Leppard. They just I think I just like their the way that they wrote songs. Everything they said was what they lived. And I think a lot of Bon Jovi songs were really artificially love songs. I know that one song, or at least two songs, like Living in a Prayer and 
I'll be there for you. I think that's another song. I think that's based on a true song, a true story. But everything else on those albums, on those Bon Jovi albums, totally sucked. I didn't like them. And and with uh, Guns N' Roses, it was just a lot, just a lot better. But I do think, going back, I do think that Izzy is the missing key to the whole band writing songs, really good songs. And I think, unfortunately, I really do think that Axel and Slash and Duff and Izzy, they really need to reconnect. And they need to reconnect with Popcorn Adler or Steve Adler. And they really need to, like, okay, we're almost 60, and we're in our mid-50s, we could either be like Led Zeppelin and be complete a-holes and not ever come out with a new album just because one drummer dies. Which, to me, is like, people are like, damn, that's mean. But people want to see you perform their songs. And, and if you don't like performing those songs, then that's fine. But I just think that if you're Robert Plant and then you kind of tease people, and then you don't give them what they want. You're just much of a douchebag. There's the person that comes out with a bad album just because he's trying to make easy money on dumb love songs. But I really do think, I really do think that Axel needs to, or if he hasn't already, needs to reach out to those guys and say, hey, I'm sorry. I really am sorry. I apologize for what happened. I want to get this thing on the road again. I want to write new songs. And I think Guns N' Roses could be or should be like Rolling Stones. I think they they could. I think the comparison to Guns N' Roses was basically the the Rolling Stones in back then 86, 87. But I think I think Axel really needs to be like he needs to really, you know, sit down with Steven Steven Tyler of 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 Aerosmith and then obviously Joe Perry and the other members will be there too and you know Joe Perry and Steven Tyler I think they don't really like each other but they go on stage because that's what the fans like that's what and that's why you became a performer because you want to perform for people that cannot sing and that cannot play the guitar and that cannot play the drums that are tone deaf, that can't put things together musically, so they listen to bands like Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith, you know, even Led Zeppelin and Whitney Houston and Elton John and Elvis Presley and James Brown. I mean, that's why we listen to them because they they can do it and we cannot. So I wish. Yeah, I just wish I just wish that Guns N' Roses would come out with new stuff, be kind of corny, write dumb love songs maybe. I don't know. Maybe write about a song about something that you used to think about or you used to know and put it together if it works. But that's my take about Guns N' Roses. I think they're one of the best bands out there that I ever played. I wish the best of luck to Axel, Slash, Duff, Izzy, 
popcorn antler and any other member that was part of the Guns N' Roses. And I forget the guy's name. Maybe I should look it up. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Back up. Drummer. Well, let's see. What's his name? Matt Sorum. Matt Sorum. That's the guy. I mean, I mean, I think you know. I think Matt Sorum's a great guy. I just, to me, I just, it's not my Guns N' Roses. My Guns N' Roses is, is Axel slash Duff, Izzy, and Popcorn Handler. I mean, it's just down to it. I have a lot of respect for any any drummer like Matt Sorum and and so on and so forth. But that's my take um, about Guns N' Roses. I know most people don't like Axel or Axel's attitude or his 1990s episodes of maybe memento of, of breakdowns, but. If you like listening to this podcast, it's great. It's Crazy Dre podcast show, Andre's podcast. You can find me on on Apple and and um, what's that called? Spotify and other podcasts. All there. You can email me at Crazy Dre podcast show at gmail dot com. All right, folks, keep it real. Thank you for listening. Come back again. I'm out.